You're listening to the All In Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Blake, giving you a new perspective on the dental industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And welcome to the All In Podcast. The podcast brings you a new perspective on the dental industry. I'm your host, Shane McElroy, and although Thanksgiving is already come and gone, I'm thankful for you for listening. I really appreciate you. And I'm excited today because we have a very special guest. Um, I've known this person for quite a while and watching the the path, true bred entrepreneur, but also a dentist, um, watching the path of the businesses that this person has been involved with and helped build has changed over time. And it's a really interesting story. And, and that's what we're going to hear about today. But our guest today is the president and Chief Dental Officer of Dental Whale, and also a practicing dentist here in Atlanta. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Stephen Wingfield. How are you, sir? Shane, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. You, we changed the time quite a bit. You've been going to Florida. I've been traveling a little bit too. Hopefully you've been safe. Yeah. There's nobody on my plane. I don't know about yours. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, we, we've been very fortunate to to have kept most all of our team very healthy through all of this. And, uh, and even though I do travel probably about 80% for my job. We've managed to stay healthy and well, so it's it's all gone okay. And I will say that uh, my preferred airline's Delta, being here in Atlanta, and they've done a great job through all this. So Yeah, they really have. Report. Yeah, they're doing a fantastic job. That's my choice too. But we are in Atlanta, That's right. so we're a little biased. <laughs> that you can go anywhere in the world direct, which you is freaking sure awesome. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, do you mind filling in everybody a little bit about you know, who you are, your background, and just kind of a fast forward version, high level view. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, dentistry has been great to me. I certainly have been very fortunate. I graduated from University of Louisville in 2000. I spent four years in the Navy as a Navy dental officer. When I left, I came to Atlanta with the dream of being an entrepreneur, which was very foreign to me. And my mom was a teacher. My dad was a professional firefighter. So they were public servants. And I really thought I was going to be in the military and be a public servant uh, my entire life. That was sort of the mindset of my family was the stability and the, the sort of, um, I guess you could say, just knowing that you're going to have a job, knowing that you're going to have retirement. And that was my mindset. So when I- Yeah, that theoretically safe path. Mm-hmm. Right? It is. It, it absolutely is a theoretically safe path. So being an entrepreneur was very foreign to me, but I'll tell you, I was uh, with our uh, with our 2nd Marine Division over in Iraq back in 2003, and I was reading books. There was a lot of downtime between moving uh, from place to place with the Marines. And mm-hmm. I was reading books and I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And oh yeah. You, yeah. When you kind of look back on things that shaped who you become, oddly, that book really resonated with me uh, in that, you know, it talked about one of the dads being a, I think he was like a superintendent or a principal of a school system. And it very much resonated with me about my mom being a teacher for all those years. And, you know, I kind of began to to see where there were opportunities inside of the dental space to be more than just the person who's producing the dentistry and more than just the person who's doing the day-to-day work, but rather, you know, leaning towards that entrepreneurial side. It really appealed to me. Uh, and I think by virtue of just who my parents were, I was sort of an educator by nature. Sure. And that uh, the ability to be able to influence and educate other providers and healthcare professionals was very much of interest to me, as was the entrepreneurial bit of it. So when I got out of the Navy in 2004, I was really looking for an opportunity to 
Um, very similar to what the rich dad, poor dad says, where if you want to own a pizza shop, go work in the best pizza shop you can find. And That's right. uh, if you want to work in an ice cream shop, go or own an ice cream shop, find the best one you can find and, and get in there and really figure out what's going on. So when I left the Navy in 2004, I moved to Atlanta uh, because I was looking for the very best opportunity for me to get in a situation where I could be around folks who were who were successfully doing what it is that I wanted to do which was own a group of dental practices. So I landed here in Atlanta in 2004 in a group practice called Nanston Dental Group. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. John Johnston, eventually he hired me. He eventually became my mentor. And uh, when I joined Nanston in 2004, we had 15 offices here in the Atlanta area. And, and Nanston was one of the very first uh, group practices in Atlanta. Had been yeah, around now it's a really common place, right? But uh-huh. then it yeah. was not. I mean, to the point where Dr. Johnston told me in 1977, when he began consolidation of practices and creating sort of centralized services for those practices, uh, that he actually had his license threatened uh, from from the dental board uh, for, for doing this type of consolidation and doing this type of work here in Atlanta. How dare he try to make it more efficient? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, for anybody that knew Dr. Johnston, you certainly knew he was one of the, the kindest, nicest uh, you know, most genuine people I've ever met. And, and certainly his only goal was to make things better for the dentist so that they can be more successful and enjoy doing what most dentists enjoy doing, which is producing and, and, uh, and patient care. So to that end, I spent uh, six years with Nanston Dental Group. And uh, Dr. Johnston, when I met him the day I interviewed with him, I said, listen, my plan's to be here for a year. I wanted to get with you know somebody who was an entrepreneur who'd be willing to share entrepreneurial thoughts and visions with me because that's something I really want to get into. But I have absolutely no background in business. And uh, so we spent time together that first year uh, really just teaching me how to be in private practice. Uh, and that's what so many of our private practice dentists don't ever get is, is really mentorship and opportunity. Sure. Uh, so many of us that, that go into private practice are on an island by ourselves and, you know, everybody's saying, oh yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And, you know, if you could see behind the curtain, you would really see that most of us are struggling and most of us are trying our very best to, uh, to just make, you know, day-to-day work. So I was fortunate to, you know, to land in an environment where there was lots of collaboration and lots of opportunity presented my way. So after the first year, Dr. Johnson came to me and said, well, a year's up, are you leaving? And I kind of laughed and said, not yet. I haven't learned everything I want to know. Um, and so, you know, he just gave me opportunities. And my first opportunity was, uh, he made me the director of education and we had, you know, we had 75 dentists or so. It's a big organization. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were doing right around $25 million in revenue when I started in 2004. And Dr. Johnston was 72 when I joined him. And he said to me, Hey, listen, I need to build this up so I can eventually sell it so that I can leave a legacy for my family, uh, for, from a financial perspective. And, and, you know, I, I said, I'm young, I'll, I'll get to do anything you want me to do. And he goes, well, I need you to bring new ideas. I need you to, you know, look at the business and, and figure out how we can grow the business. Um, what how a we can sweet do proposition, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On his, on, on the dime of someone else to, to get oh, in yeah. here and, and really begin to, uh, to figure out how to, um, to grow a business. And so take some, we're being, we're very successful and, but I want to be more successful. I'm willing to change to be more successful. Like that's, 
true leadership though, right? That's true leadership and, and, and recognizing that you need sometimes talent that, that whether it's just have different ideas that can influence other providers, you know, talent that can, uh, you know, be innovative, um, that can leverage technology, whatever, whatever the case might be in your particular business or particularly dental practice, since we're talking about dentistry, uh, is sort of where I landed in a situation where he said, bring the ideas. And the first thing I did was I sort of recognized that uh, across these 15 practices, we were not consistently diagnosing periodontal disease. And, mm-hmm. you know, when a dentist asked me, Steve, how can I get more new patients? How can I make more money? How can, how can, how can the practice do better? The first thing that I always look at is what is the hygiene department doing? Because that is the key, in my opinion, to the success of the business is what is the hygiene department doing? Um, And so that was the first thing that, that we unpacked. And, you know, once we figured out that we were completely inconsistently treating periodontal disease across our practices. Uh, we put in a periodontal uh, disease program, uh, a soft tissue management program of sorts, and uh, and began really uh, sort of dividing our, our hygiene department up into three main categories. And we were able to, to significantly change our business just by focusing on hygiene first. Um, mm-hmm. because what that began to do, not only did we have, well, our that's hyg- the gateway anyways, yes. that almost, you know, it's exactly. logical. It, it, we really got our hygienist focused first on prevention and diagnosis. Uh, and then we got them being periodontal therapists. And really the, the third piece of that is treatment advocacy, having our hygienist really advocate for the, for the treatment, uh, for our doctors. Sure. That's what changed our business is that we had, consistent yeah. message. That's throughout, right. right? That's right. Um, so, you know, kind of fast forwarding and taking you through all the things that I got to do at Nanston, which just, you know, changed my entire career and my life uh, and, and for, for the best. It was the, the, the most wonderful group of people I've ever had the opportunity to work with. Um, there were about, about 500 employees there and just amazing folks, amazing professionals who uh, believed in me and invested in me. And I was just so fortunate to be there. But we, you know, our our work paid off over that six-year period from 2004 to 2010. Uh, we grew the business from a $25 million business to when we sold in 2010, uh, $48.5 million business. And we added no additional offices during that time. Wow. Um, our, our growth came from becoming an ultra-diagnosis-based an ultra, um, diagnosis based business and an extremely relationship-based business. Uh, all of our sales really became consultative sales, not transactional sales. And our, our sales really were focused around hygiene and our hygienist influencing our, uh, our patients to, uh, you know, move forward with treatment. And, oh, by the way, uh, really just asking lots of great questions, hearing what it is that patients wanted, and then offering them a solution for it. Wait, wait, wait. You listen to the patients about it's, what they want? How dare magical. you? <laughs> yeah, it's magical. It's magical. You know, it's, well, it's magical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and it's interesting. You you'd mentioned talent earlier. Talent, and to me, always wins, right? Like, almost always wins, by the mm-hmm. way. You need good systems in place. You need good coaching in place. They talk about it. it a basketball team. You got LeBron, you're going to the playoffs most likely, right? <laughs> and if you have a good team and a good system around him, then you're going to win a championship. Yeah, it, but it's what's true. it's interesting, I've seen so many highly successful clinicians come out of Nanston, right? Didn't Sherry Paget work there? She did. You? She did. She worked there. Um we got Dr. Paul Anderson, oral yep. surgeon worked there. Yep. Uh Dr. Didier Guillaume, prosthodontist yep. worked there. Absolutely. Um I could probably name 10 more. Dr. Kerry Riley, I believe yep. worked there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have all this elite talent and then you put them in a in a, a position to succeed and do what they do best, right? Like it just yep. 
it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. And that certainly was sort of my segue into, you know, group practice leadership and, and ownership as I became a, a junior partner in that practice before we transitioned that practice. And, and then I got to go through a, an acquisition and sort of see it from, from both sides. So for me, Nanston was just, you know, it was instrumental in sort of taking me to the next piece of, of my career, which was really sort of going out and partnering with, with some great folks to help create um, our own DSO of sorts, and then uh, really identifying what the needs for are for private practice dentists today, and creating solutions for private practice dentists that that really make what we say is an easy button for private practice dentists to 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 be successful today. So, um, so take me uh, through real quick. So, right, you leave Nansen, they Nansen gets acquired, and then you did you just straight buy a couple practices? Did you start, did. you know, mm-hmm. de novo. Yep. Nope. Um, uh, I, I joined with a, a gentleman who's who's a legacy in the practice uh, mergers and acquisitions uh, field in Atlanta, Dr. Ken Trelongo. And uh, Ken and I partnered. Big shout out to Ken, yeah. by the way. He's been amazing to me for the last decade. Thank yeah. you, sir. He's a great guy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, just fantastic. And so Ken was looking for, a, you know, looking for sort of an operational clinical operator of sorts. And that's really the, the, the seat that I sit in is really, I'm a, I'm still practice dentistry and I, and a, you know, still a practice operator. I'm not somebody that's sitting in an ivory tower and not out in the field. Right. So he needed somebody that was an, an operator who could create operational systems and clinical systems that will help scale his business and grow it. He had five practices in Atlanta when I joined him. So I joined him in 2010, late 2010. And I was sort of tired after all the work I had done at Nance. And I told <laughs> Ken, Hey, listen, let me just buy one practice with you. We'll be partners and we will, um, you know, just see how it goes. And so we bought a practice that was in Buckhead. That was a small little practice. It had three operatories. It was doing about $350,000 a year. Um, and I told him, look, this, there's very low risk with this. We'll buy this. We'll <laughs> see what happens. The first year we had it up to 1.1 million. Our second Holy year hell. we did 2.2 million our second Jeez. year. And, you know, people always ask me, how do you do that? How do you do that? And, and really it's all about relationships and it's all about systems and processes and plug it. You know, we can, and, and eventually I stayed in that practice, practicing dentistry four days a week for two years. And then I took myself out of it, plugged associates into the processes and systems that we use and that we've created and used. And the practice never missed a beat. You know, normally you would expect. So yeah, I would expect a major production drop off is usually what you see. That's right. And that wasn't the case. It wasn't because we did the same thing I did at Nanston, which was tie the relationships to the hygienist. That's really the key to this that so many private practice dentists miss is they, you know, as dentists, we have egos, right? We, we we all have a little bit of egos and we think that the, that everything has to do with us and that the success (laughs) of the practice has to do with us. Well, obviously it does. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it it may from a leadership perspective, but where I think dentists miss the boat is the value of hygienists and understanding uh, the importance of the hygiene department. That's, that's what we've shown over and over again is we can take a dentist out and we have the hygienist still there. Well, the patients are still coming to see the hygienist. As long as the doctor who comes in will continue to diagnose dentistry and offer solutions to patients' problems, then well, they I will think continue that's to be successful. Kind of an interesting point for anybody who's looking to maybe do multiple practice, have three or four practices or whatever. Mm-hmm. You yourself as a clinician have to make yourself replaceable. So you have to set it up that way. Because if you that's aren't right. replaceable, you don't have a business to sell later, right? That's right. Unless well, you're selling yourself. That's true. And, and what I see, you know, most private practice dentists who will come to us for our consulting products at Dental Well are coming to us with 
two practices or three, one or two of them doing very well. The third or fourth one really struggling and the first two are paying for the last two. And I mean, we see this over and over and over in these multiple practice situations. And that's because, you know, senior doctor is going practice to practice, but senior doctor can't go practice to practice to practice or practice to practice to practice to practice. And then they don't have strong operational systems and processes in place to make this scalable. And so, you know, basically practice one and two are financing practice three and four. And doctors like, this is no fun. I'm not enjoying this. Why should I do this? And we just see this kind of over and over and over in the multi-practice space. Um, it's just, you know, commonplace. So where did dental whale come from, right? Because yeah, it was Trelongo so. management helping with like back office stuff, admin stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then it, all of a sudden I heard dental whale. And yeah. I was like, what is going on? What so, is this? To kind of tie the story together, I worked with Ken for a couple of years just as a, you know, as a, a clinical as a, as a clinician and, and partner with him in, in this one practice. And then we eventually acquired a few other practices. We did one de novo, uh, which was really highly successful as well. And then I sort of took over as, you know, leading the operations for Trelongo uh, in 2013 as the COO and chief dental officer. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we partnered with a, with a um, entrepreneur whose name was David Lopez. And David um, is not the dentist. Ken and I both are dentists. So um, that we, man is a purebred entrepreneur. Yes, I met him about a decade ago. Yes. Smart <laughs> guy. So oh, smart. Yeah. Uh, and he owned a business called Dental Fix, which is a mobile dental repair service. And and so Ken and, and David, um, you know, were, were operating a Dental Fix franchise in, in this Atlanta market for some time, a couple of them. And basically, uh, David looked at Ken and said, hey, I know there's got to be other dentists out there who want to own multiple practices, but really just don't know how to do it or don't want to spend the millions of dollars to create infrastructure to do it and or they don't know how to scale themselves. And what Ken has mm-hmm. done is he worked himself out of the chair really from pretty much the time he graduated dental school. He still practiced, but he understood you know, how to merge practices together to create the, the, and he had that entrepreneur disease. He couldn't help himself. Right. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. He understood franchising and David understood franchising. So they just really hit it off. Um, you know, where I fit into the equation as the third partner with David and Ken was the, really the, the process piece of it, right. The operations Mm -hmm. process, the clinical process, um, the systems and, 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 uh, building those out. And you really have to be practicing for that to be successful. I think so. I mean, you know, when you look at probably, the most most successful DSOs out there. I mean, you know, Dr. Workman practiced for many, many years and, and, you know, he really understood how to do that. If you want to be successful, you do what successful people do. That's my opinion. So, yeah. um, yeah, So it's, it's one of those things where, where um, I was able to fit that sort of operational and clinical piece that they needed to scale. And really what Trelongo was doing is was serving this um, dentist who want to own multiple practices, but not recreate the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. That's really where we started with Trelongo. And then as Trelongo grew, um, we, we eventually rebranded that into Dental Well. And Dental Well is a, is a very complex business that really, um, our, our main mission is to improve dental health for everyone. That is what we mm-hmm. do. Our main customers are private practice dentists who need call center support or private practice dentists who need revenue cycle management or accounts receivable support. Um, When you look at Dental Well, it's really divided into three main divisions. Uh, The first division being the DSO, which is the piece that I run. Mm -hmm. Um, we, We own, you know, 
lots of practices and manage lots of, of practices. Um, so I, I lead up the practice management division. Um, and basically our, our job is to manage dental practices and make them as profitable as possible and grow the, the top line revenues as possible and serve our patients um, so that we you know help our patients achieve dental health. Uh, the, and the, let me interrupt you real quick. Yeah. In that segment of the business that you're over, is that only own practices, but you give them the option to basically dip the toe in the water, be, you know, basically, could you just buy the practices? How does that work on your side? Yeah. I mean, dental well, we generally are going to manage a practice before we purchase a practice. That's, that's how our, our acquisition model and works. And that is a different model for sure. Yes. <laughs> probably right. a really smart one. <laughs> well, we think it's smart because we're, we're trying to create relationships with these seller doctors before we purchase them. And that we think is so important because the relationships with our clinicians in, in my world is the most important piece of it. So they need to trust us. We need to trust them. So mm-hmm. they don't have to guess what it's going to be like to work with us. Generally speaking, once we've managed a practice, they all know what it's like to work with yeah. us. They know the team that's going to be your, your entire staff. Already There's no real surprises. There's at no that point. surprises. So it just makes the integration once the, the sale happens so much more smooth. Well, I would imagine it gives both sides the, the out, right? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, exactly. You know? It does. You're exactly right. Um, so, so that works nicely for us from from an integrations perspective in our mergers and acquisitions department. And then, the next part of Dental Will that um, that that is there is our education and consulting. So, we partnered with Dr. Scott Luna, Breakaway Practice, mm-hmm. back in 2018, and Scott's a Tremendous educator and educates oh, thousands. Oh, really well known. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard yeah. nothing but amazing things about him. He's an excellent educator. He educates thousands of, of really entrepreneurial dentists who, who want to do de novos or startups, uh, but don't really know where to start. And his, sure. his system and program that he has with his um, advanced startup course and his business master courses, his office manager courses... They're just, in my opinion, second to none. I mean, it's it's world class education, and they present it in a world class way. Um, it's now both online and live and in person. We're still doing live courses, just smaller COVID type, sure, um, appropriate um, live courses. So, um, you know, when you look at it, it's it's uh, important for us to to partner with education. We feel like education is really the funnel uh, to growth and to for us to in to pretty really, much every segment of the dental industry. It yeah. is. We just feel like that education is so important. So Dr. Tim McNamara leads our education. Uh, I love Dr. McNamara. Yes. One so, of the yes. cut and drive. I saw him at Bulletproof uh, yes. the summit and with Peter Bolin and mm-hmm. Craig Spodak's yes. uh, summit. And he was, as you say, he was my favorite speaker because yeah. he was just giving it to people like just honest. Yep. And uh, it was fantastic. Dr. McNamara is just absolutely world-class and he is building out a world-class education. So not only do we have breakaway practice, we also partner with Dr. Uh, with Laura Hatch. She's not a dentist, but awesome. um, Laura owns Front Office Rock. So we are partnered with Laura for our front office um, education. And she's then, fantastic too. Yeah, <laughs> Laura is just a phenomenal speaker. She's a wonderful leader. She is such an important part of Dental Well, and we just love being affiliated with both her and Dr. Um, Luna. And of course, having Dr. McNamara as one of our partners and leading the education and consulting pod. Which, by the way, those are all entrepreneurs under. Yeah. It, that's, it's the interesting thing I noticed. It's like, it's almost like a DSO mm-hmm. for dental businesses, right? It because is. you're bringing in talent. 
and doing all the back end stuff so they can be operating that segment of the business, right? Exactly. So what Tim is building out, Dr. McNamara is building out, is he building out the education. So he's working with our our um, technology team uh, to create something that you know that you all are going to hear first called Orca, O R C A, Orca, which is really our sort of. Um, from an analogy perspective, kind of like our Siri or our Alexa in the dental space. So pretty much anything that artificial intelligence is going to be able to do for you in your home, uh, it will eventually be able to happen through Orca and Orca Plus. Uh, and for- by the way, I got to sneak behind the curtain and say a little bit, it's badass, everybody. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, really I'm, I'm excited amazing. about it. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fantastic. Uh, and, and inside of Orca will live a Netflix of sorts of education on demand that you're going to be able to get any type of education that you need um, specific to whether it's clinical, whether it's operational, whether it's business related, it's all going to live there. Some will be free. Some will be kind of pay-per-view. Uh, but, you know, Tim is building out that entire process and it's just, I mean, well, the collaboration with that, like the library, and then it's the most, um, what's the best way to say this? It is the most easy to understand and most practical application of AI I've seen in this space so far, right? Like user, can understand what AI is going on. Like there's been AI being used in different segments of the industry, but not the clinician kind of gets it later and doesn't even realize it. Right. Mm-hmm. But this makes so much sense to me. It was so cool getting to see it. Yep. Well, and certainly probably in Q1 of 2021, everyone will get a chance to see it and definitely recommend you have Tim on and talk about it because he's, oh, just, yeah. yeah, he's amazing. So he leads up that piece of it and he also leads up our consulting division. So we offer practice management consultant, we are consulting uh, for, you know, just private practice dentists who, who need consulting. Um, we offer full service consulting for them. Um, and Tammy uh, Baker leads that up, who used to lead up Spears, um, mm-hmm. a consulting product. Uh, so she is leading that division, and that's just world class uh, practice management consulting uh, available there. And they've really done it so it's not just the, the typical, oh, you've got to pay $5,000 a month to have a consultant. It's just not like that anymore. They actually have a do it yourself where you you know you can basically go through the educational portals and, and sort of go, oh, okay, I can handle most of this myself. It's a lot less expensive, all the way up to full service consulting. So and, and in between, there's different platforms. So there's a fit really for cool. every segment of the market where they're at. They are. Yeah. I mean, and Tim being a dentist and understanding the needs of private practice dentist, he's really built this consulting product out amazing. And he goes back to Arthur Anderson. He was a consultant before he was a dentist. So yeah. yeah. Interesting background there. It's Very crazy, interesting. Actually. Super, super smart folks in that consulting oh, yeah. division. And we have a, an office development consulting product that is really for the dentist who wants to do the de novo. Most of them have gone through Dr. Luna's courses and then say, Hey, I need some help with this. So we offer really a full service office development program that will take, you know, dentists through this, this whole arduous process of, of doing the build out and making sure it gets done right. And then we also have a mergers and acquisitions product for somebody that's either trying to merge practices together and or do acquisitions and, and really just don't even know where to start. Um, we are able to, to walk them through that entire process from a consulting product perspective. So that's kind of what, what we have in our consulting and education uh, pod. And then and that's, just, that's just one pod, right? <laughs> yeah. My pod, which is DSO. Then we've got our practice management. Then we've got education and consulting. And then finally, uh, we have our services division, which is uh, really providing services to private practice dentists. Uh, we also 
provide services to small DSOs as well that don't want to build out their own call center or don't want to build out their own revenue cycle management or don't want to always use the procurement of Henry Schein or Patterson or one of the big guys uh, because they, you know, they're dependent on repair. Well, we offer Dental Fix, which is a repair service. So they're able to to, to leverage our procurement through Dental Wilson. So you're, you're pissing off the big boys, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> at some point you kind of have to go, yeah, well, yeah, it is whatever. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we definitely are, um, we are definitely sort of shaking up the space a bit. Disrupting. And, um, you can't, you can't yeah. make an omelet without cracking some eggs, right? You got it. You got it. So uh, we've got Joe Cabaretta, who was one of the, the big wigs at Henry Schein for many, many years. That's leading that entire services division. And we've got several other um, from a marketing. We have a great marketing company with Conversion Well. Uh, Honestly, services. I, I know a little bit about marketing and I got to talk to those guys. Some of my buddies use it. Really, the price for what you get from an SEO perspective is outstanding. Yep, just they, like that's just legit. Agreed. agreed. Um, and it's just getting better and better as the talent, as we continue to recruit new talent, the, uh, the products are continuing to get better. And certainly, um, you know, we haven't had our, we have had our share of hiccups as we have grown. Uh, but the one thing I can tell you is that we have taken everything that, you know, mistakes that have been made, learn from them and continue to improve the products. And that's one of the beautiful part about having strong leadership uh, and, and we learned that lesson right off is that, you know, myself, I don't need to try to run the call center and run all the services. We need strong people who are experts in that area to come in and do it. And that's been probably one of the keys to our, our growth is that we have really focused on recruiting, retaining and, and uh, building our business around the, the best of the best. And so the same doing. things that made you successful at Nansen relationship, right? Uh mm-hmm. Uh, systems, trying to always figure out different ways to make it better. And then the top thing is talent, right? Talent. Like you're, you're bringing all these leaders and talent in. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a entrepreneur's dream <laughs> where you don't want to do the, uh, the crap and you just want to stay in your silo and kick ass at that. It's yeah. really cool. It's, 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 and the other part that I think that, that kind of ties dental well and sets us apart is our shared resources. So, you know, yes, we have a call center, but we also, that call center serves our DSO. So we know when they're messing up. We know when there's process improvement <laughs> that needs to be put in place. And we're part of that from a collaborative perspective. So each of our businesses are meeting on a weekly basis and talking about what's working and what's not working so we can improve it. Uh, and that's really the beautiful part for private practice dentists. They don't know if a call center is working or not. They just want their phones answered and appointments put on their books. Uh, from a from a quality perspective, we're able to provide that feedback uh, of what's working and what's not working and how's the marketing working and where are new patients going and make sure we're applying these things to our clients so that they get the very best results. So it's been really fun to be part of building this out and uh, and sort of a part of disrupting dentistry and trying to make dentistry up to date, trying to make dentistry easier to, to succeed in. You know, when you look at the average general dental practice in the U.S., it's still, you know, right around six to seven hundred thousand dollars a year in revenues with about a 65 to 74 percent overhead. Um, you know, dentistry, particularly private practice dentists today, still struggle. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our job is to try to make dentists be as successful as they can possibly be by providing them with this, you know, a lot of it is data and business intelligence so that they can make smart decisions about levers they can turn or pull to, you know, whether it be increase their profits, increase their EBITDA, decrease their expenses, you know, decrease their overhead, 
make more money, produce more dentistry, learn how to do more procedures, whatever it is, you know, we want to provide them with business intelligence that, and then. Well, that's solution. huge to have data. So you, you learn to read that data, understand that data, <laughs> because otherwise you're just making, you see, I'm sure you see it all the time. People just making blind decisions because it's what somebody else did with having no information or numbers behind it. Exactly. So that's a big part of what Orca provides is really business intelligence uh, for their practice so that we're able to then make recommendations, whether it be with our company or with another company, uh, so that they can really um, get in and, and, and affect the success of their business. We really are here to, to help dentists improve their, their life and their practice. So let me ask you this. When you first, the creation of Dental Whale, right? What did you think it was going to be? Right from day one, all right, we're going to create transition to longer management to dental whale. What was it supposed to be? What do you think it was going to be? Well, you know, David is really the the brainchild behind dental whale. David Lopez is, and and I have I don't want to say necessarily stuck in my lane, but a lot of what I have done is stayed in my lane, which is the, you know running the practice, running the you know the clinical piece of of the practices, and and trying to make those successful. So I understood what David's vision was, but we didn't know how it was going to come to fruition. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, really it's just, it's been a, um, conglomeration of a lot of acquisitions. Um, when you look at breakaway practice, that was a huge acquisition. They already had a call center. They already had a, a you know, a group that was doing, um, it, they already had a group that was doing marketing, um, that we were able to, you know, to merge and combine those with what we were already doing. And so it was just a really great acquisition for us. Then you look at front office rocks, which is another acquisition or partnership that we did with uh, Laura Hatch and her group. And then we look at, you know, dental fix, which was merged into dental well. And we look at, you know, whether it's the hand Florida handpiece repair, which was merged into dental well. Um, it's really a vision of Davis to create an easy button for dentists. Now, I wasn't really sure how he was going to pull it off or how we were going to pull it off, I should say. Like, yeah, that sounds great. I have no idea how we're going to get there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, what's happened is it's just been hyper-focused on strategy. And that's where David really excels is that he gets very clear on what the end result needs to be and then starts looking at a pathway to get there. And then it's constantly tweaking and turning levers to help us get there. So he's working backwards. Yeah. Start with the end in mind, just Mm -hmm. like anything in dentistry really too, right? That's exactly (laughs) right. Is that, you know, he began with the end in mind and uh, then began looking for partnerships because you either have to build it yourself um, or you have to find somebody who's doing it well in the space and and acquire that or partner with those people. Acquire them, right? There's a time to acquire them too. Like not before they get too big and too expensive, right? Like there's that. Yeah. There's a sweet spot where they need help, right? And yeah. what's interesting about this, it's almost reverse of what like a Henry Schein or a, a Densply Serona has done. It's kind of reverse where they acquired companies, right? From they always were a distributor or always was a supplier and hit these different segments. So they have every piece of the market. They can sell somebody something. And this was built from the ground up going the other way, right? From, from With clinicians building it backwards which is an interesting and certainly different way to do it as opposed to the traditional model and, and what you're actually disrupting right now. With yeah. I mean, David was, yeah, David was hyper-focused on looking at what the problems that dentists have today mm-hmm. and how can we create solutions? He calls it an easy button. That's, that's what he wants to do is create solutions for private practice dentists so that we can. And that's what they easier. want is easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so. 
So where do you see dental oil going from here, right? Like I, I have no idea, by the way, just because I'm sure it's going to shock me and surprise me as I've been watching over the years, these different acquisitions. So what's next for dental oil? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of that's to be determined. And the reason I say that is because we have to listen to the marketplace and COVID has changed a lot Sure, uh, for all of us. And while what was important, you know, nine months ago, 10 months ago may not be important, uh, as important as it is today. So sure. for us, we are watching the market. We're reacting. You know, what's actually become very, very important is our call center services. You know, mm-hmm. our call center has grown dramatically during COVID because, you know, people don't have anyone in the office or they don't have anyone to make these outbound calls. Uh, and, and what, you know, what was a really booming piece of it, which was repair, almost went to nothing during the time the offices were closed, but call center services grew. So I think we're going to have to continue to um, watch what happens with this changing market and watching, you know, watching what's happened from whether it's virtual visits and, you know, whether it's, you know, as, as, as COVID continues to affect businesses, we're going to have to adapt. And I think that's been one of the reasons we've done as well as we have through this whole thing is that we've been listening to what dentists say and reacting uh, as quickly as we can to provide them with what both our practices and private practice dentists need to succeed. So, you know, dental will, I think, is just going to continue to evolve as the market evolves. And we'll continue to provide solutions that, you know, dentists tell us that they need as the market evolves. Let me ask you this too, as a, as a business owner and an operator, right? Different businesses too. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, take this seven months ago, eight months ago. Everybody's like, well, I own a business. Like they, what a sweet gig, right? <laughs> and then COVID happens <laughs> and be like, maybe I just want a job, right? Maybe yeah. I don't want to run a business. Mm-hmm. How was that being in your position going through COVID from the let's talk practice perspective and then like the dental whale perspective. How did you handle that? What was, I mean, it had to be a little scary, right? It was very scary for us. I mean, we, we have, we're investing millions and millions of dollars in technology, this Orca product that we've talked about. And to that end, I mean, you know, obviously we've, you know, you got budgets, you got all these types of things. You're, you're counting on sort of, um, the, um, you know, income that we've been getting and that we've, you know, had with all these services companies and it went away uh, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And many of them, because they just didn't need repair service because they're closed or they didn't yeah. need handpiece repair because they're closed or they weren't marketing because they didn't realize that the marketing was going to be such an important part of the rebound. Yeah, um, it really has been. So to that end, uh, it's, you know, we've handled it by listening very closely and our practices we, first of all, we didn't close our practices. We stayed open and provided essential care. And I think that's probably been one of the reasons we have performed so very well. And we also actually increased our marketing when everyone else turned it off because we were marketing the fact that we were open for emergency care. And as the... the um, and state, less competition too, That's right? right. Oh, yeah. I mean, we did, we did actually really, really well during COVID. And post-COVID, we've done extraordinarily well. Um, so, you know, we feel like that's because we we're ahead of the game with marketing. We were ahead of the game with um, keeping our messaging out there and staying in touch with our customers and staying in touch with our patients. Um, so, you know, we handled the, the practice level by over communicating. And for, for our couple of practices that did close because they only had one doctor and doctor was, you know, decided they weren't comfortable practicing. We stayed in very close contact, weekly meetings with all of our employees, 
over communicating with our patients each and every week, sending them an update of what's going on, how we're handling it, um, that they can turn to us. The over communication we felt like was really one of the keys to setting us up for success post, let's not even post COVID, but post closure. Sure. Same thing with our patient. I mean, our, our clients on the dental well side was, you know, staying in contact with them, letting them know that, listen, Hey, you may not have anyone there to answer the, the practice calls, or now is a great time to work your AR, but if nobody wants to come in and do it, let our team do it. Uh, and oh, yeah. just letting people know that we're here to serve them and that, you know, in whatever way we can serve them, we will. And that's really one of our commitments is to make sure that we understand what's happening in the dental space and that we're providing solutions for these private practice dentists or small DSOs that, um, that they need and want. And how do we know that? Because we own our own practices. So we understand what is going on. We have kind of a, a think tank or a, a, a beta test for each and every one of these services because we're providing them for our own practices. And uh, I think that really offers, you know, for us, it, it offers the the folks who use our, our services a, a real competitive advantage. All right. Last question I got for you, okay. because you know the industry so well, the next six to 12 months, obviously COVID rates are spiking right now. There's news of vaccines coming out, but still that's going to be an interesting rollout at best. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen specifically in the dental market, like for the next six to 12 months? Are you, are you worried about it? Do you think it's going to bounce back a little more, you know, who's going to win and who's going (laughs) to not win? (laughs) Uh, Well, I think if you look back at what we did, that is one, make sure that, that, you know, you're keeping yourself, your, your team safe and that you're over communicating with your staff and that, that you're on top of the ADA has been a great resource for, you know, especially private practice dentists that um, that you're listening to the ADA and their guidelines. I think that that's one of the, the best things you can do. And you're focused on how we can, you know, stay in contact with our patients and team members and keep them safe. We have to watch the availability of PPE, uh, you know, particularly gloves. A lot of the manufacturers of gloves are overseas and they've closed down again due to COVID. So make sure that you, you know, that you're keeping your lines of communication open from a procurement perspective, that you've got the PPE that you need to keep your team safe and sound, particularly over the next couple of months from a, from a gloves perspective. Um, and then mm. when, when I look at what's going to happen, I think that it's hard to predict you know, with this spike, is there going to be another closure? When you look at states like Washington State, I believe it was Oregon or Washington State has already gone back to only essential care for, for dentistry. Um, you know, I don't believe that's going to happen in all the states, but we're certainly going to have to be prepared if it does. And you're going to have to be, you know, these dentists in those areas are going to have to stay on top of what the regulations are. What can they do? You know, do they close or just be open? My recommendation is stay open. My recommendation mm-hmm. is continue to market and market heavily the fact that you're open. Stay in contact with your patients and employees on a weekly basis and, you know, do as much as you can possibly do. Because what I think, if anything has been proven, is dentistry is safe. It is yes. safe for the patients and it is safe for the employees. If nothing has been proven through this, it is that dentistry is safe. And that we have all along been doing a great job at keeping people healthy 
in both patients and with our employees. So to that end, I would argue dentistry is, was set up to handle this better than almost any other industry. (laughs) I mean, you know, during COVID, we actually went through and looked at our COVID numbers and our practices saw over 70,000 patients during the closures amongst all of our, um, Mm -hmm. our practices. And we had zero transmission to patients or from patients to a staff member. Wear your mask, people. Yeah, wear your mask, (laughs) wear your PPE, follow, you know, follow the the guidelines that we've been given. They really do work. Um, And that I can tell you. Uh, So, you know, to that end, you know, I feel like that that we will be fine. I really do. Uh, It's just going to take a lot of focus and it's going to have to take a lot of of effort to stay in touch with everyone. That's really the best advice I can give you. Um, and, you know, the, the more education that, that each of you can get and provide, you know, if you don't do root canals, I certainly think it would be a great time to learn if there's another closure. If you're not doing extractions, it's a great time to maybe learn how to do extractions if you're in your private practice. Um, of course, I'm not trying to advocate anyone doing something they don't feel comfortable doing, but take the time to get educated on it. and, and Exactly. Figure services. out if you do want to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really would. I, I lied. I got one more question for you. Okay. You've got like so many jobs that you do. <laughs> I do. Where do you find the freaking time? And do you have any hobbies outside of dentistry? Oh my gosh. So, well, first of all, I will tell you that I have the most fantastic team that that could possibly ever be. And they have been with me for a really long time. Uh, one of my leaders has been with me for 16 years. One of my operations leaders has been with me for 13 years and the other one for five or six years. So these are my main folks that are helping me lead the business. Uh, so I am just so fortunate to work with fantastic people that, that I don't even really have to tell what to do. They tell me what to do most of the time, which <laughs> I am certainly grateful for. And, uh, and, and so lucky to, to work with a, a group of people that um, understand what our mission is, understand what it is that we're trying to do and how we're going to get there. So to that end, it does free up a lot of time for me to be able to do things like today's podcast or lecture yeah. um, or, or be out there. Uh, and in terms of what I love to do, I actually love to travel. That is probably one of my favorite hobbies, and it's been really hit hard over the last yeah. <laughs> um, the last nine months. But um, I travel a lot for my job and for my work, and I love you know travel outside of of job and work too. Um, one of the nice things about what I do is I, I'm able to, since I only practice a few days a month, I'm able to do a lot of what I do remotely. So it's been uh, really great for me over the last few years from a from a getting an opportunity to travel and get out there and, and see the world and enjoy life while I can. Um, so that's, you know, one of the things I love doing and, um, I love reading. I love, um, you know, being outdoors and hiking and and spending time with my friends and family. So, um, I feel very grateful to, to have the team I've got, which makes all this possible. That's for sure. Well, thank you so much for your time today and joining us. Honestly, we're really looking forward to hearing this story. Um, if so, anybody wants to find out more about Dental Whale, where do they go? Dentalwhale.com? You got it. Dentalwhale.com. And anybody can always feel free to reach out to me too. Shane's got my information and I'm always happy to help you. And it's not always about Dental Whale. If there's another company that's doing it better I'll, or that's doing things that we don't offer, I'll certainly be happy to uh, provide advice or steer you in in the right direction. Uh, you know, I feel like that if we can help each other succeed, we'll all be a lot better off. And with this audience, it's good to give an Instagram handle. You got one you want to give? 
uh, it's not very exciting. It's Ask Dr. Stephen, A-S-K-D-O-C-T-O-R-S-T-E-V-E-N. It's mostly just like work fun and travel fun and a few little good memes every once in a while. Nothing exciting, but I am on there. So look me up. Perfect. Ask Dr. Stephen. You got it. Ask Dr. Stephen. Right. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. And guys, we'll catch you next time on the All In Podcast. Thanks for listening to the All In Podcast. See you next time.